0: The Big Red Couch, a podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pictures to you. Hello, weary listener, and welcome to episode 152 of The Big Red Couch. Here in jolly old England, I am Craig, and on the other side of the world... It's Ben.
1: How's it going, Craig? I hear you've got, um... Number tier thing issues.
0: Definitely tears. Yes.
1: Mm. Before bedtime, after bedtime and just
0: all around bedtime. It's just, just, it's just wall to wall tears.
1: Yes. Yes. We should explain.
0: We should. I mean, it would be funny to leave it like that, but uh, so this, this is coming to you from the, the distant past by which I mean the 19th of December. Uh, as you listen to this, if you're an incredibly dedicated fan of the show, well, first of all, what is wrong with you? But secondly, you might be listening to this on New Year's Eve, in which case, what is wrong with you? <laughs> for for most other people, you're possibly using this as something sort of gentle and relaxing to listen to as you recover from the New Year's uh, hangover. So what is wrong with you?
1: Also inserting foghorns or other noises here would be on brand, but needlessly cruel. So we should probably pass that over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, I mean, we had fog here a while ago, but since we are a very long way from any significant body of water and they don't tend to run foghorns on the uh, local branch of the Grand Union Canal, not a lot of local noise to work with. Uh, So yes, so the plague that dare not speak its name is uh, still... Very much a thing here in the UK. And the area in which I am in had previously been in the the high-risk area, which has been classified by the the English government as Tier 2, which basically meant that pubs and restaurants can be open, but you've got to wear a mask unless you're seated at the table. There are some rules about how many households can mix at a given table... These rules are a bit more relaxed when you're outdoors. There's a whole there's a whole thing. But this morning, at one minute past midnight, that changed, and the area that I'm in moved to Tier 3, which meant pubs have to close, restaurants have to close. But inexplicably, gyms, leisure centres, shops, these could all remain open. I, I don't have a funny bit for this. I don't have a, a clever rationale for this. I, I've got nothing here, people. And so that was going to be it, Tier 3. And then about four and three quarter hours ago, there was an announcement from the Prime Minister that um, a more communicable, though not, as far as they know, any more deadly version of the virus that dare not speak its name, had been detected. It's apparently displacing the previous version, which goes to show that, hey, that Darwin stuff actually works. Go science. Hmm. And so we are now moving to the previously non-existent Tier 4 as of, well, basically midnight tonight. So Tier 4 is is very much a, we must sit in our homes in the darkness, lit only by candles, we eat turnips, we repent of our sins, and we turn our faces away from the windows when the angels of death
1: walk by. And yes, this is... Troubling to say the least, I mean it don't want to brag, but your district county, whatever Buckinghamshire has currently more cases than New Zealand had to this point, or something I think had like more, that?
0: yeah I think that, yeah there are there are more there are more current cases, there are four times more current cases in this district than New Zealand has ever had,
1: yes, so.
0: I am very glad that a bunch of my friends and family are within a very tight quarantine as I wave to them from the outside, the very tight quarantine.
1: Yeah. I. Sorry that you're in this uh, pickle. Apocalyptic along with hellhole. The, uh, sorry, did yeah, I yeah, hear yeah, it yeah, a bit it, out loud? Yeah. or just <laughs> thinking. Apocalyptic <laughs> hellhole. Yeah, fair enough. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> Along with the 60 million? Might be 66. Not sure. There's a lot of people. Yeah, it's the seems Gotta wonder if this couldn't have been addressed differently, but I don't know. Boris had the had the thing. He he must be an expert by now. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he's on top of it.
0: Well, that was the weird thing because Boris, in this case, is Boris Johnson. He is the uh, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Not the life of Boris,
1: Boris, who cooks Slavic food and um, plays hard bass at you on YouTube. Though probably a, a, a trustworthy authority, to be fair.
0: Possibly slightly more. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah. Boris was coherent and serious, uh, which doesn't happen very often. So either they had a lot of time to prepare or he's very serious or both. Uh, but it was somewhat unnerving, to be honest. It, it, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a tap dancing otter. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's like Pee Wee Herman very
1: earnestly and 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 directly giving you safe sex advice.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't want that in my head.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't want it in my head either, but, you know.
0: <sighs> but that's just what's happening.
1: <laughs> it's just what's happening. You have to accept it now.
0: <laughs> yes, and so, yes, we are now in Tier 4, which basically means stay in your own households. And Because I... Remain indoors. (laughs) Yes, remain indoors. (laughs) Um, Because I live alone, I am allowed to, to form a support bubble with one other household. So that is a useful thing. Presumably because there are a number of people who live alone. I am in month 10 of living and working from home... And presumably they do not want the exercise of having to pick up all the people who are dangling from the rafters at the end of this thing. <laughs>
1: to be fair, I think counsellors are going to be in high demand.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: For a generation or two. <laughs> I mean, it's it's extremely worthy profession, and there probably needs to be more. And, you know, that should be something maybe that the government that's inflicted this nightmarish situation should probably look to but yeah (laughs) that no one has gone unscathed at this point no
0: um yeah i mean i personally feel particularly in this area sorry for the people who have had their plans to go and see family completely disrupted and will now be spending christmas day alone i i personally am okay with that i have done that before by choice if you weren't expecting it, that would suck.
1: Especially if it's something that you, you used to basically to look forward to. It was one of those points in the year that you Mm. had. I mean, maybe there there are folks who are just like, Ooh, sorry, cough, cough, the COVIDs. I can't come over. It might be, might be a convenient excuse, but also for the most, the most um, ardent chat and the even the relatively brief periods of not seeing other people and having to organize all of your, activities in one place was it was grating even for the durations that we we endured in new zealand and you know given the fact that uh our, our system and ours is by no means the best i would you know look to vietnam or south korea and places like that where where, where they have just they've got i mean the, the approaches are sort of like a, a fully socialized society and slightly terrifying technocracy. But they've, they've still approached the problem even more aggressively than New Zealand. And New Zealand had to... A, it's not that big a place, and I wouldn't anticipate that our health system would robustly handle the levels of um, contagion that some of the uh, other nominally first world nations are facing. Oh, hell no. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... I kind of lost the thread there. Yeah, is is bad. Mm. We um and just, but it's going to be it's going to have an effect for such a long time, and we are not out of it until pretty much everyone else is out of it. Because, yep. folk, I mean, the people trying to get in who are like America's Cup yacht owners, and some of them have neglected to like book quarantine rooms and so forth, expecting because you know that they're America's Cup boat owners that they get these things gratis or someone will do that for them and apparently no one did
0: yeah and no one will
1: yeah i don't know it's uh it's yeah there is there's no real room for the for saying haha we we, uh, we did it better than, than other people because it's a pandemic nobody is out of it until everybody is out of it <laughs> and you know the, the the vaccines are coming online which is great it's going to take that's a lot of that's a lot of needles, a lot of a lot of arms and a lot of organization for that actually will will become you know a solid defence. Yep. So yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a I think 2021 is gonna be uh things things are looking better, but still it's a long way to go, eh?
0: Yeah, I mean it's as you say, it's a pandemic. Nobody really wins a pandemic, you just lose it a bit less
1: yes that is it's all mitigation it's all how do we how do we do the least least damage and you know some folks have gone all right fewest people die and health system collapses the least versus businesses and the normal running the normal running of society and some folks have gone Ooh, let's push down on one side harder than the other and i think we're getting the we're, this is a, a terrible way to test this the set of theories, but I think we're getting a good idea
0: yeah it's it's been interesting to see what has how that balance is being tried here in the UK because you know just with pubs alone you can definitely see the balancing act going on with you know, we don't want people mixing and spreading the, uh, the 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 disease on the other hand, if we crack down too hard when we come out of this the only thing left will be appalling chain pubs. Everything else will be gone.
1: And also that, you know, they're kind of recognising it's part of the whole social fabric thing, and, you know, this is how people socialise. Oh, yeah. Maybe something to look at? I don't know. I'm not judging. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's definitely a... Um, I don't know if, you're, if it's going to be replaced by a series of perf- perspex, pipe consumption booths, and, um, yeah...
0: Hey, chaps! Let's all head down to the municipal pint consumption uh, facility. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, indeed.
0: I'll have a hermetic ale, please. <laughs> this is alarmingly plausible. By which I mean, kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, all these things are are, are alarming, plausible, but they are indeed fantasy scenarios. But they are not the fantasy scenarios that we should be considering. And as the uh, for the main thesis of this. Um, rambling shambles of a show so i think we should transfer smoothly into the topic of big red couch episode 152 which is floating steel reef also we've probably been bumming people out for like 10 minutes or more so
0: (laughs) if if yeah if that turns out to be a major bummer just shift it to the end (laughs) uh i don't know if that's a I don't know if that
1: would be better as, as a, a, a trailing diatribe or what. But let's, let's get into the meat of the show, shall we? All right.
0: So, floating steel reef, which I think is one of your
1: phrases. No, I'm fairly sure it was yours. Um, oh. we were dis- we, In fact, this, we were discussing the COVIDs and how the idea of slow travel could be containerized which is getting more and more dystopian the more i think about it and you know another technocratic solution to a problem so people are sealed up with all everything they need um and you know with enough enough amenities to keep going and are moved safely and sterilely across the ocean the time it takes them to quarantine the the uh, the blister pack is opened at the other end and they're all good so um that was it it's actually pretty pretty darn creepy and um the idea that also that uh, while containerization has been a boon for modern commerce, you still have the problem of um, losing entire containers of rubber ducks or Garfield telephone parts, and having them being washed out, uh, being being rinsed out to sea slowly over the course of decades. Or is
0: oddly specific. I knew about the Gar. I knew about the rubber ducks. I didn't know about the Garfield the telephone parts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a beach in France where they just kept huh. turning up. There's a container wedge somewhere which is just slowly disgorging just bits of good old '90s technology plastic Garfield phone sections. Is a thing. Okay. <laughs> but yes, so that was and the notion that you know the the fact that they're also like containers just bobbing around in the ocean, waiting for somebody to uh, make it with just enough buoyancy to have somebody um, make an unfortunate intersection with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was you.
0: That was me. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I bow to your superior memory. Or skills at making shit up. Could have gone either way. It easily could have. <laughs> well, I've got an idea for this one. And I've got a sort of a, a a secondary thing that could have been an idea, but I couldn't figure out anything to do with it. Fair enough. How, how
1: about you? I have an idea. And good friend of the pod, John Ria, posted one of, like, Ten minutes before we started legitimately recording, while we were getting things organised, which is uh, a new record, I mm. think. So well done, John.
0: Well, if we'd, if we'd recorded this morning, we would have missed it. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, we, we, we had a we had a uh, we had a raid check my last night because I was feeling like death. So yeah, you know, your timing is um, <laughs> suspiciously good, John. What have you been doing? Is Some sort of microwave assassin beam involved? I
0: don't know. I have noticed the smoke detectors at my place watching me suspiciously of late.
1: <laughs> I, I was referencing Havana Syndrome, but um, yeah, I that, that's don't a good know play. what that is, but it sounds interesting. Oh, it's it's fascinating. Um, it's either a uh, new Soviet microwave nausea beam, or people being scared of the sounds of unfamiliar insects while they're uh, <laughs> overseas and, and getting uh, horrible psychosomatic injuries.
0: Ah. Huh. Yeah, no one's too sure. I look forward to finding some uh, references, probably on Wikipedia.
1: Mm Mm-hmm,
0: cool. So, would you like to kick off with your
1: primary robust and well-considered idea?
0: Ah, for the record, I never said robust or well-considered. Those are your words, not mine. (laughs) I I hope it's... Okay, so, floating steel reef. I kind of started with the floating container thing, but wanted to... uh, Wanted to scale it up a bit, and this kind of led me through various bits of research into. So, what actually is steel? I mean, hmm. I, I know what it is, but I'm, what is it? I
1: know what the crafting recipe in most kind of construction games is. It's generally like iron and coal, or iron and carbon of some sort. But yeah, yep.
0: beyond that, yeah. And so, oh, well, I had the idea of basically a a wrecked ship still floating. But mm-hmm. Derelict basically washing up or at least coming to rest offshore and some people finding it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's been out there for sufficiently long that it's grown a coral reef around it. So a bit like the um bit like the tanker from Water the the ending scenes of Waterworld where
1: Right, it had been barnacle, col- barnacle colonized until yeah. it had like a like a like a life preserver around it, almost. Yeah,
0: it's it it, it is its own ecosystem at that point. So it's it's sort of at that um, at that grade in an effort to manufacture a situation where why would anybody care? Uh, fortunately, the history of metallurgy came to my rescue because steel, as a substance, has been known about for a fairly long time. Mm. I mean, it's iron. With a little bit of carbon in it, but not too much.
1: Mm, because otherwise, it becomes too brittle.
0: Mm. Well, look, iron's
1: pretty brittle. I'm sure. That, I'm sure you'll 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 so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm basically just gonna link things. But yeah, you sort of you start out with pure iron that's reasonably malleable. You put too much carbon into it, and you end up with a form of iron that just isn't particularly malleable anymore. But it's it's gone out the other side of steel, so it's something like sort of one to two percent carbon. There's not much. Mm. But yeah, you know, people have been making steel for centuries. And I basically wanted mm. I liked the idea of people being sort of yeah, you know, encountering a big dumb object, um, in this case a ship, wrecking and knowing what steel is. Fortunately that doesn't, right. mean, yeah. You, you, you haven't got that much of a problem uh, with that one. So
1: the, the issue is: uh, Are they facing it as like, oh yeah, we know what steel is. We've just never seen several thousand tons of it in one place before. Exactly. Because, because you know, you, you, you're right. They've been making steel and Damascus steel and so forth and, and 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 stuff for centuries, but they don't make it in vast quantities. And it's a very, it's a very fine craft. Uh, sort of a, a craftsman's art to, to mm-hmm. make these objects.
0: I mean, I'm just kind of imagining it. I'm imagining this as a, a a scenario that is occurring. Yeah, it's set in our past, somewhere along the line, or a past, somewhere along the line. Yeah, you know, steel is a thing that people have heard of. They may even have seen. There may be somebody who knows how to make it and can get it right some of the time. Um, you know, the local, uh, the the local sort of smith or or equivalent but they've certainly never seen several thousand tons of it floating and covered with coral and barnacles.
1: So it's it's like the Philadelphia experiment that happened to like an oil tanker or, or something. Or yeah. Container ship. Yeah. And now there's this bunch of people who suddenly have, well, this gold mine
0: floated onto the beach. How do we deal with that? Pretty much. And where I, yeah, this is where in my standard uh, standard way, I couldn't, I couldn't 100% decide where to go with it but my thinking was you know, this shouldn't just be a game where you say here you go have multiple generations worth of a incredibly precious resource it's all yours that's that's not a scenario that's the gm just handing shit out well and also often with
1: that sort of thing that you have the you know that's why that that you know things like dnd they give people either liquid cash as as far as it exists in this universe or something that they can use directly to go and get more liquid cash if you give somebody like a generational stake in a natural resource that's cool but it doesn't do anything within the mechanics of that that kind of game i mean yes exactly. your, your 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 family will be wealthy for the next four generations and presumably some sort of ghastly feudal overlord but it doesn't make grognar the barbarian any cooler <laughs> there might be hmm. other things that you can do with it, but within the rule set there's, it's pretty limited
0: yep pretty much yeah it, it's yeah it doesn't really make a game it's just a thing in a game um, but yeah what what
1: you what you're maybe looking at is something that you're you're dealing with well it's not just like a, a possible resource and certainly and certainly not something that a single person or even a party could use or exploit 20 degree because you know it's a gigantic very obvious what's it someone has to you have to organize like sawing bits off and figuring out how to how to to remelt it and reshape it to do something so it can become an economic resource and not just a giant piece of art
0: and stop anybody else from finding out about it
1: oh yeah or if they do find out about it making sure that you you've turned enough of that art into spears to make them think twice Mm. so So there's a there's a big social like question there not. Oh, oh I have now got I have I have a um a plus 6 sort of smiting. I have it's like hmm, it's a bit it's a bit more complicated than that.
0: Indeed. Oh, well, it's sort of so yeah, basically thinking about okay, that's that's the situation I want, how do I make use of it? Went and looked up the 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 classic expedition to the Barrier Peaks module which what what is what is a suitable time for spoilers on a very very old module? Like it's decades in. Right now, immediately. Cool. Okay, so it's basically Dungeons and Dragons uh, adventure in a crash spaceship. Looked mm-hmm. at that, thought, um, I, <sighs> I've never thought the idea of playing a game where you are pretending not to understand the shit you're looking at, and the GM is desperately trying not to describe a wrecked cargo ship as being. It doesn't sound that fun to me. And I'm really not keen on the whole thing of, okay, so the ship is inexplicably still working, and oh, these guys yeah, who don't understand... Um, do Anything know, they,
1: beyond levers and pumps and yeah, so forth.
0: Can, can can make it work. Then you get right there to cavemen flying um, jump jets. It's just, no. <clears throat> so, in order to make use of the thing, I had a couple of options. that. And again, it kind of depends on how you want to go with it. Um, I think you could have a lot of fun if you went sort of full on, full on mystical. That this ship has washed up, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Clearly, it's yeah, clearly it's been projected back in time, or it's come from somewhere, or whatever. It doesn't really matter that much. You can have. Yeah, I'm kind of liking the the idea of effectively the ghosts of the crew start to affect things, and so. Hmm. Very much what the party is doing is trying to put these ghosts to rest, which means they kind of have to figure out what went on here.
1: So, you. So. System, shock-ish? system Shock ish?
0: Never played. System Shock
1: 2's. Yeah. Uh, system Shock 2, you have. You've got a cyborg with some level of psychic perception, so that they keep seeing these projections of the perished crew. Huh which are fundamentally ghosts, though they are literal just replays of, of events that happened, so they, to fill in a bit of the story. If they're having those to actually have agency and, and um, maybe are trying to guide, yeah, whatever, I mean, whatever happened to them, I, you know, it, there's there's lots of different possibilities that they're somehow trapped here until the ship has, has been broken up or um, there is a particular thing that, that that we're trying to do. I don't know if they were launched through space and time by the power of keynesian economics or what
0: and <laughs> yeah, depends on when they were launched from i mean if you want to go with rather than nautical ship you go with spaceship um huh. then, yep. you know you you can go with the ghosts or you can go with well actually no this is the 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 the, the medical nanotech and stored personality is attempting yep. to attempting to communicate you've got options there
1: yeah you might be dealing with aluminium rather than steel or some sort of wacky future polymer but yeah hmm. i i quite i i am quite enamored of the idea that it is just shit tons of something that the folks do understand just in a really inconvenient shape that is the challenge it's like they look at it's like that's definitely a boat it is bigger than anything we've ever seen and made out of stuff that we can normally get like you know you might there might you might have seen like a hundred swords made of this material and there's enough there's enough in like a square meter of deck plating to um yeah (laughs) to do do that equivalent yeah so it's like hmm we need to we need to scale up our understanding
0: (laughs) well the 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 other version of it and the other version of the idea was less the um less the resource and the wrecked ship thing and more i can think of a number of comics and sort of media media properties in the in the superhero line that have the whole thing of either alien you know, alien explorer passes on powers to um to plucky humans mm. alien yeah you know, die, die, dying uh, alien superhero passes on superpowers um, or the slight, somewhat less common, though it still crops up, it crops up a bit. Super advanced alien spaceship has no crew and is looking for a crew. Hmm. And every time I've uh, I've run into that trope, it's always yeah the, the 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 superpowers or the alien whatever is is more advanced than humanity, but not advanced beyond their ability to understand shit. Yep. So it would be kind of fun to do one where actually it is, like this thing turns up. I mean, you could go Middle Ages, you could go Iron Age. Mm. Uh, yeah, have some real fun with it. So you've got either ship selects these people as the as, as its crew or grants them uh, grants them superpowers. And it's like, okay, what does an actual Iron Age superheroes game look like? Wow.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't, I don't rightly know. Yeah, I, I,
0: I don't either. I because yeah, you've got to assume that it's you know, if you've got superheroes, then presumably there are some supervillains somewhere. Presumably, they know actually, they actually know how to work all of that alien shit. Whereas to you guys, it's a bunch of blinky lights. Ooh, pretty. Well, maybe maybe that's
1: the 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 difference is that the. Uh heroic but naive types got the tutorial so they can use the stuff pretty well the other folks are figuring stuff out from from base principles and a more extensive uh knowledge store so that but they so they are applying the technology in a medieval mindset rather than say have just been sort of blessed with power armor that flies so they can so they so the 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 good guys are just sort of like oh all of our ideals have been actualized and we can do all these amazing things while the other people are going well if we do this and press this button we turn uh, turn a person to soup do we need more soup or less people yeah that seems useful uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so that could be the i mean it doesn't even have to be like a a a moral given the setting it doesn't have to be a um it doesn't even have to be like a, a particularly moral thing or what we'd consider a particularly moral thing if somebody, you know, is suddenly given an Iron Man suit in that, in that period of time and goes, right, now what I've always wanted to do is go and blow up all the moors. It's like, uh, oof.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could do a hilarious remake of, um, of Robin Hood.
1: Yeah. That would be the kind of the split of antagonist protagonist except you've dropped like doctor who shit in the middle of it Hmm.
0: and so that's that that's where i got to with that one i okay i tried to think of a way of having a game where you end up with sort of iron age or well in any age whatever people and the high tech crew as player characters but i couldn't I couldn't figure out a way of doing it that kind of gave everybody something to do, and I, yeah. I feel like in a role-playing game, everybody needs a thing to do.
1: You are absolutely correct. That is that is a that is one of like the fundamental truth of. I mean, there are there's some folks who who are quite content to sit and and wallflower, and in some games I confess I've been the wallflower, but they sh- it should always be an option. It was also sh- there should always be a ability to contribute. Hmm.
0: Nobody, yeah, nobody wants to be the Sigourney Weaver's character out of uh, Galaxy Quest, whose only job was to listen to what the computer said and report it, and vice versa. Nobody wants to be that guy. Uh, so anyway, yes, yeah, so that was that was the idea. Hmm. M- my
1: notes would my my notes would be that I really like the idea of effectively giving a community a gigantic problem slash opportunity. That is is literally a pile of about ten, uh, like a hundred thousand two-edged swords. Effectively, it's I, I I don't know if I would extend it to you know having the crew there or something or something like that. Maybe maybe somebody came through the the rift and is can help and explain some of the stuff that isn't also kind of a um, a a has a, has a problem, is having a problem adjusting to the fact that they are in now back in the, uh, the age of the pox. Hmm. But the idea that you've given this gift, which is, you know, actually a huge problem to this this tiny community. And I mean, that, that it's would be quite interesting. Quite a
0: white elephant, but it's getting there.
1: Yes, yes. So it's definitely an interesting, that's definitely an, an interesting angle. Game system? Huh. I don't know. We've we've talked about rain, though. I I, uh, I confess I don't know too much about it, and something like that would be uh, that would be kind of fascinating. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued, certainly but definitely by that aspect, um, and it's not a bazillion miles away from my own one. Oh, so so it's going to be uh lay it on a, me, a fairly interesting thing. Yes, I was, also, I was also thinking about the, the idea, I was actually speaking with a, a acquaintance yesterday about the fact that the ports of Auckland are losing, well, I haven't seen it specifically in the news, but apparently because the ports of Auckland attempted to get com- um, at least 50% automated with their various hilariously named auto straddles and cranes and, and so forth, and this was interrupted by the appearance of our friend Mr. Covid. Everything is gotten, the, the entire supply chain has severely out of whack. So we now have like the Hurricane Gulf is full of container ships and bazillion dollar yachts racing. So that's going to, that's definitely going to turn out well. <laughs> but also it means that ships that have been parked have been electing to go, right, we've got containers for New Zealand and Australia. Screw it. We're going to deliver the Australian stuff first. They come back later when there's an opportunity to offload here. But they were loaded on the basis that they were going to offload in Auckland first. And consequently, they're coming back laden less precisely. And, you know, occasionally probably leaving some of the stuff behind or having it transferred to be flown back if something is really urgently needed. There are presumably some desperate folks out there waiting for their... um, I mean, retailers waiting for Christmas stock to arrive. Oof. You know, they, they have taken that option, and uh, that would be a huge cost. But you know, also having a bunch of Christmas stock uh, arrive in mid January also probably a bit a bit of an issue.
0: It's much harder to sell a novelty musical Santa jumper after Christmas. It is
1: much, but also because they're coming back laden non-optimally it doesn't it is much easier for them to lose things overboard which apparently does happen as we discussed with the uh the garfields and and so forth so yes that's a that that's a that's a genuine problem
0: i i i quite like the idea of trying to do a yacht race as ridiculous as the america's cup with the added complication that there are Submerged containers just kind of floating around the course.
1: It it sounds very video game obstaclely kind of thing. It really does. I
0: mean, yes, uh, the uh, the sort of thing where you're trying to do the um, yeah, you're trying to, to to accomplish something, but at the same time, objects are being flung at you from off screen. So it's, it's Donkey Kong, like Donkey yes, Kong. Yes, if you so. also had to solve puzzles along the way,
1: yeah, like Frogger. If you if you had if you are trying to avoid everything and you had to tack around things rather than just go backwards and forwards. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, kind of, a, kind of an issue.
0: Well, possibly that was at the Crypt of the Necrodancer.
1: Yeah, I don't have any rhythm whatsoever, so that game was just a closed book to me.
0: Oh, yeah, I I, I could... Yeah, I I did try playing it, and it got, got to the point of, okay, I cannot die. I can't do anything else, but I cannot die. Hmm.
1: Might be better with a with a control pad, I confess. There's a lot of games so I've gone... Maybe.
0: maybe.
1: Maybe this would work better if I wasn't trying to use a mouse and keyboard, but it is something I have mm-hmm. not not uh, in, added to my armory at this point. Maybe have to at some stage. Anywho, the idea I kept with kind of diverges from that and... and all, but it requires a ridiculously, ridiculously specific setup. Nice. Basically... It's the edge of the world. There is an ocean that, that rises up to a to a, a small lip, and then there is a terrifying precipice. The water sort of you know, is being drawn over the edge of that precipice based on the height of the um, its height. At not a galloping rate, but a fairly fairly consistent one. It tumbles down and either just from being Disassembling itself in the air currents, or hitting something terrible, terrifying below, it ends up billing back up as clouds, and presumably refilling the basin of whatever the hell flat ocean world dish that we're dealing with. So, the world's biggest infinity pool, pretty much. Actually, that's absolutely actually was. I, however, I tend to explain nothing else because that's kind of part of the the gag. Okay. Along the edge of this, there is effectively a community organism which are these little floating floating communities anchored slightly in from uh, slightly in from the the lip of the dish um, and connected side by side like a big a big sort of necklace a string going along the the, the edge of this thing and they subsist on objects that drift along with this this fairly fairly gentle current towards the edge of the world and if they weren't there they would presumably crash into it and drop off or something but most of the the like uh, this community there is there is a specialized role of of the breakers who go out and prepare salvage and, and so forth and ultimately you know they're basically trying to to and there's all sorts of weird weird and unusual things that come floating towards their uh, their little communities and they don't have a clear idea of what is actually out there that the current is strong enough and you know the entire the, the system means that striking out into the middle of this this ocean doesn't seem doesn't seem to be a good idea culturally it's not exactly a concept that they have everything works pretty well at the moment and they're all good with it this is until point when they start seeing some smoke on the horizon i can't decide if the horizon is completely flat or you're actually like looking over the curve of a the curve of a world or whatever is going on but you know you'd figure that out and there is slowly creeping into view or coming or, or, or you know coming through the um the optical distortion that's created by all bodies of water on patently flat planets uh, yeah. <laughs> if you believe some people <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what the temperature the temperature of the air is or anything like that optical distortion happens just immediately above water it's all weird the, yes uncanny but only liquid water only liquid water. True, ice doesn't do this. Um, <laughs> anywho, this there's something. This something starts to 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 slowly resolve into view. However, however the optics works in your world, and it becomes very clear that this thing is gigantic, and approaching slower than it ought, pr- in, indicating that it is under power,
0: but not under th- enough power. Not enough power fight the to character. stop
1: it from. For, stop it from slowly coming towards the thing, and there is a very real possibility that it would a wipe out a number of communities all by itself, and also it could damage the edge, which is currently keeping the water in at a nice, you know, acceptable kind of rate. Well, certainly one that they've used they've they've used to and they've coped with. Oh my god, this is a climate change analogy. I didn't even realize. Shit. <laughs> you had to go and make it all political. Apparently. I did. I wasn't trying. It just happened. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of like a, a, a like a World War One battleship, but scaled up like ten times. Just oh.
0: fucking enormous. So the size of an aircraft carrier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Except more, less flat on the top, more stacky. I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this thing is like a utterly ludicrous but age of maybe not age of coal but you know a real grim boxy looking metallic kind of thing and it is clearly slowly slowly kind of uh, approaching the edge and it's clearly big enough that if it continues on its current path it it will definitely like just take out a bunch of the um the community so that very least got to get out of the way and it could also damage the entire thing or maybe they're invading or what's going on so that there there is a they assemble you know it's further out than they normally like to travel they assemble a team of the you know most elite breakers who are naturally the party to go and figure out what's going on and that is as much as i've got but i'm kind of intrigued to take that further
0: hmm, hmm. I guess probably one of the big questions is: Assuming there are people on board that thing, assuming are they are they people like them or are they a completely different species?
1: Well, are they different enough that they have common values? It doesn't mm. biology at this point doesn't come into it.
0: That's quite fun, I and mean, that's that's it. Could be a... like
1: yeah, it could be like the the Wally giant. Let's go to the stars while the Earth is is cleaned up. Kind of thing, and the people on it just have no idea what's going on; completely oblivious to it. Or it could just be derelict and completely abandoned, and just slowly running out of the uh, of the ability to keep itself from toppling over the edge, and presumably taking these folks, uh, a bunch of these folks, with it.
0: Interesting.
1: I like the idea that it is not conscious. Is this isn't a conscious decision? This is this is a failure of design and systems to account for. Some eventual threat, so or some eventual fail, failure state, so that there, this thing is just trying to do what it can, but it's not set up to handle the fact that you know, one of the you know, some of the engines are out, or and it's just just basically trying to delay things as long as possible without changing things drastically, and the idea that this wacky community strung out across the edge basically might have been set up deliberately to, like, keep the edge of the giant infinity pool from clogging up. They're effectively one of those little pool-cleaning robots, but it's in a sort of organic, both term both both meanings of the word. It's, it's like the same, it's, it's, it's part of that idea was the fact that, you know, a coral reef is, um, coral is a community organism. Mm. It it It's one living thing, and it's also many living things, kind of the idea, so... So the idea of these sort of th- two things running, running, <laughs> sort of coming together as it were, kind of um, mm. intrigued me.
0: It's and I, I had already been wondering it, but that that one that sort of very much cemented it further. The idea that this yeah the, this enormous thing is part of a system that does something else towards mm. the interior that has gone astray and broken down to some degree. There's kind of an
1: implication there because, like, if you Mm. found, you know, the world's giant, like, the world's biggest infinity pool and occasionally rubbish ran over it, there would be an odd circumstances where you go, yes, we will tether ourselves just inside the edge and collect everyone's garbage. That is not the first thing you think of unless there are other factors involved. (laughs) Mm.
0: You could, yeah, you could have a lot of fun with it as a. Yeah, as a the, the world you know changes, and also you change the world sort mm. of story. And it's uh it's a classic of generationship and um sort of lost colony type of stories. The mm. the plucky whatever who discovers that the world is is not quite as they believed it to
1: be. Mm, or the, the the external oppressor or something like the the tripods. Series like the people have gotten used to this mm. this this regime, and they and it takes a couple of plucky youngsters. Yes, I I, I was actually surprised myself by kind of being a uh, looming. Is this one of those things where like a, a a the cultural zeitgeist establishes that these are the things that are in people's minds, so they just happen to come out in the stories they tell. Man, yeah, I didn't think I'd do that. <clears throat> for some reason. <laughs> I mean it's painfully obvious that it's a that is a silly thing to think, but <laughs> stumbling yet. over that mid sentence was really kind of annoying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't it? It's an interesting one. I it, yeah. It's I, very much a bubble Yeah. kind of again we're talking about bubbles, so
1: it is this weird little world the, the explanation for it is probably I extremely contrived or quite flawed. But the idea that this is how they live, they're perfectly happy with it. But someone else's failures to plan is just threatening to destroy their world. And the idea that the um I guess it's a bit Mortal Engines in a way. Mm. Mm, the entire kind of the, the symbolism of this like grinding mechanical threat that's out of control, or at least it it can only it can only survive by consuming yeah
0: you could have well you could have some fun with you could have some fun with the idea that um you know what they're seeing with this thing slowly approaching is you know the crew if there is such a thing or whoever you know this is is a a a device that should never have gotten this close to the 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 rim that's not its job yeah and it's somebody who you know they're effectively trying to to dock with the rim as gently as possible on a machine that was never really intended to do that and they're not hundred percent sure how to control.
1: It doesn't have a parking camera or wing mirrors, put it yeah. that
0: way. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've basically come looking for help from people who have absolutely no idea who they are or what's anywhere further in. Hmm. That I kind of like. Yeah, you know, whether it's yeah, you know, whether whether you go to the extent of, you know, the fo yeah, you know, this person is chasing these stories about the um the, the 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 highly advanced and enlightened folks out in the rim who gaze at the stars and they never existed.
1: Um. Well, it's a it's a context problem. Yeah, I i to to be to be to be a little savage. That's a little bit of a coward's way out. Attributing good thoughts to the folks of the giant, the terrifying World War Two.
0: Oh yeah, battleship. That's that, but, that, that's about the <laughs> nicest. It's a nice. It's the nicest take you could take. Yeah, the the, I, I, the, the nicest version of it. Um... I, I I quite
1: like the idea that it is pretty much just a Hulk. It's even if you know if if it was if if it was like a Zamboni for the other part of this ridiculous galactic bird bath, or somebody's idea of, ha! Huh, we'll show you. We'll build a f- some Kardashev two civilization builds a flat Earth just to demonstrate how impractical the entire thing is. Just for yucks, but this thing mm. is like the Zamboni or something that's supposed to clean up or resurface some area and isn't just- is ended up just spiraling out of the middle and is on its way to on its way to destruction
0: interesting, yeah, I'm
1: just wondering if you, these poor schmucks were literally just placed here it's like yep this is your this is your world, deal with it
0: yeah, we've set you up with a worldview that will keep you keep you busy and content. I guess the question is what can they what can they do about it can they you know, can they repair it enough to send it back on its way? Can they slow it down so that it at least it hits the mm. side very very gently
1: can they beach it before can they can they scuttle it and beach it before it um, just takes a gigantic chunk out of the lip of the world and you know the entire the ocean empties out
0: can they mm, that's
1: Mm. That would be the that would be the question. That would be mm. probably something that you come across in play. It could be it could be the ticking clock. It could be a little bit 12 candles, and the idea that this thing is getting closer and closer and maybe the story isn't that yes, you you've defeat the monster and fix the problem and save the world. It's like no, how bad do things get before the uh, the steamroller just smashes through the middle of your 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 tiny fragile civilization. <laughs>
0: I've I've thought of a flipped flipped version of it. Yeah? What if this thing... Somebody further towards the center has a much better idea of how the entire world works. Mm. They have built this thing as a colossal ram, the idea being that it was supposed to go charging towards the rim. It was supposed to punch a hole in the rim and drain the ocean. Something's gone wrong... Or possibly somebody who thought this was a bad idea managed to do something about it, so it's now effectively facing the wrong way. But you know, the intent of that thing was to
1: break shit. Maybe, and maybe there is sort of like they've realised some somebody has realised that you know we'll be wiping out this 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 precious unique culture. Or no, this was a terrible idea to start with. Please let's see if we can throw this thing into reverse. But that would be you would be dropping the, the PCs, you know, if, if they, they do their nautical skellywag thing and as, as, as you know, and they might find themselves clever up the side of the boat, this, this gigantic vessel into a, a huge political shit fight, um, or, you know, a politically driven shit fight of one, of one degree or another.
0: Mm. There is a, there is a Bruce Sterling short story that I'll put in a link to, but I cannot a hundred percent remember. I, I can't a hundred percent remember the name and I'm, Damn sure I can't pronounce it. Fair enough. But it had, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a very cyberpunky sort of thing. But it basically has a couple of people trying to investigate where some really weird consumer goods were coming from. Huh. And what they find in this effectively under, massive underground silo is three simulated, I think, stone spaceships with. From the evidence of it, crews aboard, who at least were supposed to think that they were on a generation ship.
1: Ah, right.
0: And there's like one of yeah one of the ships something had gone wrong and everybody is dead. Hmm. There's another one of them that's basically they've a hundred percent bought into it. It's this weird little um, slice of of I think rural Japan. And on the third ship, they've figured it out, and so they're just involved in this constant battle with the very strange sort of evolving repair robots that exist outside the ship where they're constantly trying to break out and the bots are constantly trying to patch the holes to keep them in. (laughs) Interesting. So I'm kind of wondering, yeah, as far as the, uh, this is me just sort of spinning off on the somebody deliberately trying to break a hole in the edge of the world. If this is a sort of a Kardashev 2 civilization having built this built and populated this ridiculous world to show that they could do it and the inhabitants of that world say no fuck you we want off mm, maybe maybe by that any could be means a, necessary
1: yeah it could be it could be a big old we want off of the 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 safari park effectively the lions of you know, have um commandeered a water tank or something and they're driving towards the gate
0: <laughs> i love the image <laughs> it's like uh, this is bad on many levels mm. <laughs> yes they're, they're careering towards the gate suddenly realise that they're going through the gorilla enclosure and the big question is well what do we do about it <laughs> um, yeah mm-hmm. this would also make a very weird remake of Jurassic Park
1: yes yes it will or Ardman's Creature Comforts
0: that, that sounds I like an know.
1: Movie. I, they movie it was one of the earlier ones that It's like short stories about uh, I think it was just people talking about normal stuff but they animated sort of comedy um, zoo animals
0: it's pretty, pretty cute. Okay.
1: A little bit satirical. Yeah,
0: that's hard one for you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I like that. <sighs> it,
1: it's sort of Waterworld-esque, but it's not that the old world is drowned. It's like the new world is this deeply unfair place, and to some degree, you're, the, the place that you're, the culture you're coming from, isn't entirely aware how unfair until it gets super unfair
0: Mm.
1: so yeah that's a and i guess the the dealing with it i don't know how if going from this sort of allegorical point where there's like dealing with it as well no this this literally has been in motion for longer than you have been alive kind of thing all you can do is is mitigate the consequences weird okay we're coming back to that again um Mm. So, yeah.
0: it um, may not be able to stop it. Can you figure out how to turn it? Because that would be an entertaining one. Yeah. Just from a kind of... Well, just for a kind of a humorous end to it, if you've got this thing that's going to completely annihilate the wall, they can't figure mm. out how to stop it, but they can't figure out how to turn it so that now it's just on a gentle curve paralleling the rim forever.
1: Mm. Maybe, maybe, yes, maybe that is... Um, the, the, the happiest the happiest conclusion that they know that they're um, this this thing is going to be sort of stonking along the 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 line of their their world and it might like provide travel and some sort of sort of outlook and insight for the rest of the world but also they're dealing with the fact this wait this thing has a gigantic wake and they're having to deal with this thing sort of just every once a once a year or something comes past and washes, yeah, it uh, washes past out, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like okay. I guess we've worked this into our lives. You know, maybe that is one of the one of the best outcomes. It's like, it's, there are good things and there are bad things, but maybe we're
0: in control of it? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. All right. Okay, so shall I do my idea fragment, and then we could finish with John's idea? Yep, we can do that. Okay, so this one was based purely on my standard thing of I'm not really sure what to do, so we'll look up the individual words. That, that's how I ended up with my idea for Cenobite Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, don't judge. So, turns out that the word reef, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the standard sort of reef in a nautical term. Hmm. It also has a, um, a, a meaning in the world of mining. Go on. A reef, at least in gold mining, is another word for the vein of ore. Interesting. I don't know whether that applies to things other than gold mining. This This specifically mentioned it in terms of gold mining. And so trying to come up with an idea for that, I sort of went science fictional on it. And then I was trying to come up with a way that you could have a floating steel reef. And basically what I came up with is the idea of some sort of science fictional setting where an inexplicable thing is found. It's not a a solid vein of ore just kind of floating in space. It's more that... There's this dust or, or small enough yet yeah, small enough particles, yeah, maybe sort of at the, at the, the, the size level of like you know, the, the, the particles and the rings of um, rings of Saturn or that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> Can you give someone a, a, someone who isn't intimately familiar with the size of the particles, the rings of Saturn an idea of how big that would be? because
0: um, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know either. I'm just sort of thinking these are not. These are not huge. they're sort of tumbling around. Is that that okay. sort of thing? Yeah, the sort of thing that if you're looking from the the the, the right angle, um, yeah, if you get up close, you can see there's lots of gaps. If you're a bit further away, it looks like a solid object kind of thing.
1: I suspect
0: that's a scale
1: issue, because, Pretty much. but so so bigger than <laughs> stuff you could breathe.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you cannot you yeah, cannot corporate. breathe any of this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to look that up because I'm genuinely curious. I think it's a,
1: it's probably a while is a range, and the way that you know all of the the um, shepherd planetoids and concentrations mean that it has that great gradiated thing it depends what you know what distance and what angle you're looking at it from it's probably it's probably not that dense and there's probably you know a real variety in the size of bits and pieces especially Mm -hmm. bits and pieces we can notice
0: yeah according according to a wikipedia article it's um yeah, the main rings are primarily composed of particles ranging in size from one centimeter to ten meters.
1: Okay, so, so a good variety. A good variety,
0: <laughs> but in that thing, and it's basically, you know, the discovery of this vein of of material that is steel, which is impossible. It would be
1: unlikely at best. Yeah
0: wildly unlikely i mean you can you can get iron by just having a star go for long enough you will eventually end up with iron oh iron iron is common as muck. yeah (laughs) steel on the other hand steel's quite specific and Mm. so yeah this was the problem it's kind of a okay so here's a cool thing it points to was somebody building a megastructure did a really big object exist and get destroyed because you know maybe these are not sort of 10 meter across boulders of solid steel they're the remains of a thing
1: that yes there's been has been melted and sort of formed into a jet somehow or maybe Mm. somebody had a very very complex kind of fusion drive that they let uh they they didn't feed properly um yeah possibly possibly they opened the wrong hatch at the wrong time is the core finally laddered down to iron and uh it it went off in their face and they are the carbon content
0: (laughs) pretty much and that so i i I like i liked the idea i mean i love the idea that this thing whatever it is was sufficiently big that it got picked up by radio astronomy Mm. yeah
1: that that's certainly certainly interesting if the idea that you like yes and you know here we have accretions of 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 simple ices and 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 all you know the, the basic um, organic chemistry chemistry organic not organic organic mm. compounds floating in space we know where that's come from and here we have a shoal of stuff I and, mean, you know any like brass or something like that it's like really really specific to a combination of elements which are you know it's the elements themselves that can happen They're just hanging out in a clump. In this particular proportions, not very likely, I'm afraid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, but, yeah, uh, like I said, this is sort of, I got to that point, but I couldn't really think of anything that you can do with it. It does sound like an interesting, if you
1: could figure out why, I mean, if it's the, the, you know, the person over microwaving their uh, starship core or something like that you can figure out what the what the heck happened that would be a mystery of the week for your your science fiction adventure
0: actually yeah if you had yes if you if you had this vein of steel that is moving at a noticeable fraction of the speed of light (laughs) that kind of gives you a well we know where it's going so we can trace back and yeah maybe you find a a very very large um yeah a mega structure that somebody's blown a hole clean through somehow mm, mm. yeah kind of a aren't dyson spheres traditionally supposed to in- in- enclose the entire sun if so why is there a fucking hole in this one about yes, the size I mean. of a star
1: why why is this one suddenly turned into the mm. um wasn't that steam engine that from ancient greece was just sitting there spinning away wildly spraying oh the the, yeah, the
0: archimedes um yeah. spinny thing yeah yeah yeah, just, just sitting there yeah. <laughs> mm. it's like yeah why would you build that out of steel well who knows um <laughs> we just we figured out how to make a lot of steel <laughs> mm. uh, yeah it's sort of a couldn't really come up with that. Uh, Actually, that would be quite entertaining if you, you, they, they sort of find it and realize that there is this enormous double spiral of this stuff. Because it's, mm. like you describe, it's... Because I know there are stars that are doing this, but... Like, yeah, it's plasma and energy. gamma radiation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> plasma. But, yeah, if you had sort of... Yeah, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong with a, a, a Dyson sphere somewhere, and you've got it's basically wobbling on its axis which shouldn't happen and it's just spraying this bizarre spiral of
1: turned into the world's worst well, the universe's worst lawn sprinkler yeah that <laughs> dyson sphere is supposed to be you know spherical <laughs> hmm this <Less laughs> like, yeah. slumpy at the edges yeah that's uh that's uh pretty yes pretty oblate for your oblate spheroid
0: <laughs> i mean depending on how you want to do it you could just in terms of discovering it, you know, you can have the whole thing of yes, we have interstellar travel, and you know, we're exploring this solar system, and then there are these obviously extrasolar asteroids of steel coming through. Yes, what it's like the hell!
1: It's like somebody fired the biggest, most over-engineered shotgun in the universe <laughs> at us at yeah. random intervals, and frankly. It's a bit of a pain. Yeah, we're not fans.
0: Uh, <laughs> that would be odd,
1: indeed. Yeah.
0: I, none of them are big enough to cause a serious problem to any planet that they encounter, but it's just weird. Mm, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Steel's got a pretty. It depends on the size, basically. It's all about you know math, mass and velocity, and uh, steel yeah. has a pretty high melting point, so you'll. Certainly no, no vessel would want to get in an argument with oh, God, anything. No anything you could see with the naked eye. So, yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's an intriguing thing.
0: Yeah. All right. So we have an idea from John in an attempt to be your, like, dynamic and stuff. We're just going to bounce this back and forth uh, until we reach the end. So John writes, Welcome to Oceania, the aquamarine jewel of the quadrant. Come for a visit and stay for a lifetime.
1: The adverts for colonists to Oceania paint a beautiful picture of a waterworld replete with floating islands, palm trees, coconuts, Mai Tais, and happy natives catering to all your desires.
0: Squick. The reality is very much different. Thankfully, Oceania is not a true waterworld. There's a seafloor a minimum of 13 kilometres down, And there's tectonics going on, so the carbon cycle is running and the air is breathable. But without any land to slow the equatorial winds down, there are two semi-permanent hurricanes. The Great Northern Hurricane and the Great Southern Hurricane, both approximately 2,000 kilometers in diameter. They wax and wane in a 13-year stellar cycle, 11 Terran years, and can reach Category 5-plus at their peaks. So no floating colonies at the equator. There's two moons, about two-thirds and a third of Earth, Moon, lunar, and Mass. They have an orbital period of 24 local days and 35 local days, respectively. Local day is about 25 hours.
1: Much of humanity's presence on this wet world is at the poles, due to the slight 5 degree axial tilt, and are relatively warm and hospitable. Average temperature at the poles is 20 degrees C, with a low of 15 and a high of 35. That's the other reason why no one lives at the equator. At about... 15 degrees to the pole temperature, and it's very hot. And that's what drives all those hurricanes.
0: The players are newly immigrated colonists. Sent to the newest colony on Oceania, Cossneville. I see what you did there. It's a floating island made from cargo containers, prefab residences, and whatever the residents could scrounge from the main colony of Allentown. You can't see the look I'm giving you. Imagine the look I'm giving you. (laughs) <laughs> Costnerville is the furthest south colony from the main settlement at 45 degrees latitude, close enough to get pummeled by the great northern hurricane whenever it wanders north a bit.
1: The colony's primary goal is to establish more of a Terran presence on this world. To do this, they are creating partially submerged cargo containers, as homes for a Terran-style coral reef. They're connected to the main settlement by cables and follow it around as it floats on the sea. Yes, float. You think they're going to waste money on a 13-kilometre anchor? The, the colony can move of its own accord, either by by electrically-powered water or by sail. I'm not sure what a water is. Or by sail. Lots of sails. More sheets to the wind than there are a Manchester
0: supporters at a, at a pub after a big win. I understood that. I got that joke. <laughs> However... This world is not without its own life forms, and the friendly natives live only at Allentown. Out here in the wilds of the sea, the Glompipi, an approximation of their vocalisations, are quite territorial and will attack or sabotage the settlement and its gear.
1: And you know, they have a point. I think it might be Glompipi Eye. But there's a lot of eyes in it, so...
0: There are... Mm.
1: Indeed, in our our, our crude um, earth... Vocal chords are uh, not, not suited to their beautiful language. I'm getting a very, a very um, Sparks Nevada, croach the Tracker vibe from that.
0: Nanotech.
1: Nanotech. Sorry, please. <laughs> so, this is a campaign setting with the players building a colony on a not very hospitable world, dealing with the locals and the bureaucracy of the main colony, trying to achieve goals set by said bureaucracy, which keep increasing with every milestone met. So what do you think, sirs? That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I mean that last one is very much every sales job ever, as I understand it. Sort of the reward oh. for doing a good job is a harder job.
1: Yes, well yes, that's uh that is uh it does sound like there's a bit of a, a bit of a capitalism happening, um and a bit of a colonialism occurring on this thing, so you know starting to sympathize with the locals and uh going uh, a bit uh they, the they mariner. Have...
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I'm going to mention the game Blue Planet mm-hmm. because that is very much colonization of a water world. That's quite fun. I like that.
1: Also ridiculously complete and well thought out and shaming us. The yeah. shame, the shame. Yeah, the usual Have thing that we've,
0: we've, we've come to dread. I expect from John. <laughs> no, it's not the original dread. Um, and I do like the water world vibe because, come on, water world is awesome.
1: Is that an autocorrect, or am I misreading water, wateriest? Is that a, a piece of technology that I'm unfamiliar with? It? Considering that it happens on the sea, I'm not surprised. I, I shun the
0: ocean and all its terrors. I, I don't know. It's not a word I recognize, but um, it, 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 it could be an autocorrect or a typo, or it could be just something I don't know about, because there are hmm. lots of those things. Uh, there, there are many, many things I don't know about. Yeah, we're, we're both Googling it now, aren't we?
1: <laughs> we are.
0: Yeah, I mean from context it's basically hey, it's a motor. I would assume so because um, mm. you know,
1: Google thinks seems to think that it is it is the grammatical equivalent of quenchiest <laughs> so uh, there somebody made Sarka's cactus drink. They have a fascinating thing about making bizarre cocktails on the end now. I'll see if I can... But yes, apparently the thing they made was made out of cactus, one of the few ones that will not immediately make you go blind and insane.
0: (laughs) Or poop yourself inside out.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it is apparently that the thing what they came up with was reasonably quenchy, so... Nice. Mm. But yes, that's uh, a... Yes, call it Cosneville, why not?
0: (laughs) I... I am liking the fact that the whole inequity, inequality, whatever, is baked right in there. Like you're 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 newly emigrated, and you're being sent to this colony that really just has been stitched together by shit that fell off Allentown.
1: And yeah, the the fact that yes, the 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 friendly natives was definitely in um, in quotes. So, mm. and it's very very clear that the place is inhabited it's got its own ecosystem and you are here just cluttering up the place probably because you have you've got you've been lured into this by some false advertising it's very much the new zealand experience there is a uh, completely satirical documentary about the uh, well it's a citizen's handbook and There's several um, sections about what happened when the the first colonists arrived with they were promised a house and some land it was like this, this, this gentleman in a suit going, oh, the giant took it. What, there are giants, yes. I'm a great friend of his. What, why did he take my house? Who knows? <laughs> <coughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, it's it is it is very it is quite instructive and also quite taking the piss. It is from the uh, the the same Robbie, the same gentleman who did White Man Behind a Desk. Oh, him,
0: right? Okay. <laughs>
1: So yeah it's uh it's somebody you are so yeah, someone is paying you not enough to put yourself in harm's way and do all the dirty work of getting filthy filthy human footprints all over this uh this very warm moist uh hydrologically active planet.
0: <laughs> mm. And I keep finding myself wondering because I mean it's a nautical setting the idea of there being pirates who are lurking in or possibly under the hurricane—they
1: would be a—they would be a very special breed. But yes, I can definitely mm. see it. Sorry, it. they live. They live in a a. Effectively, they live in the hot wash cycle of a washing machine. They're going to be a staunch bunch. Mm. Yes, well, I said it was a category five plus. So there is a there is a. a there's a likelihood that the planet has a fine ice ring from the spots where the uh, hurricanes are um
0: ejecting oh,
1: <laughs> nice ejecting material hopefully not too much but this it's got uh, some some significant oceans yeah i'm not sure if that will probably raise the beat over the planet and slowly slowly counteract the entire process but um yeah that's a uh, that is not a those are Impressive sounding storms. They would be, yes, the equivalent of the um, the great hexagonal storm on Saturn or the uh, the hmm. the red spot of Jupiter.
0: I guess the question is what what sort of welcome do the the characters get? is this, this you know is this a case of some people who are going to be getting off the shuttle to a town that needs more people? And is you know is is glad to to see them even if they are um not yeah you know, even if these people are not particularly glad to see where they've ended up. Is this a case where yeah you, know, you go with the somewhat more autocratic and bastard like um planetary government who simply decided, hmm we've got some colonists coming in. let's allocate them to Cosmoville. yeah you know, doesn't have any room for them, they don't have any use for them, but they're stuck with them.
1: It depends. Yes, it depends how beneficent the uh, organisation is. But since they're colonising a planet without the locals' uh, consent or cooperation, I am going to make some assumptions on that part. It's it also does paint a picture. The old days, they kind of had the excuse that the communication wasn't great. They could, of course, try it harder. If you're travelling between between stars, you don't. You you kind of do, but also you don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't really get to make that excuse and have it have it plausible. Yep. Hmm. Is it a case that they have been sold a a bunch of snake oil um, by the residents but by the, the the town council of Cosmerville? Is this Maybe. potentially a game about a bunch of new people uh, arriving and decided, you know what, fuck it, let's just dis- depose the um, the guy running this because we're stuck here. It's their fault. Uh, so at the very least, we can do is make their lives difficult. Indeed. Mm. Well, it, yeah. make everyone's lives
1: better by like, making this one guy's life much less comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yes. Give him a fighting chance. He might untie those bricks from his feet before he hits the bottom. <laughs> eh.
1: Merely um, reallocating the, uh, the, the the wealth would probably be suitable. <laughs> but they may feel it's equivalent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah we so, yeah, yeah, attach sounds- to a parachute and him into the hurricane. No idea where
1: he ended up. He <laughs> it
0: it, it got the same chance everyone else did. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah. That's cool. Mm, yeah. I like that. It does kind of make me want to go and re-watch Waterworld. It, yeah. I, I got a feeling it's not as... I, I've still got
1: strong memories of that film, which is impressive. It, it was a silly, silly film and probably spent too much money on it and, and the like, but... They're still quite memorable i mean even just the opening sting where the universal logo resolves to the the like the the accurate the geographically accurate planet and then all of the uh, the land is, is submerged some, some really good touches hmm. i mean less urine drinking possibly could have been <laughs> taken place but you know everyone has their thing that they write into their contracts so
0: <laughs> apparently urine drinking was one of them I like I like the boat the um the the mariner's um trimaran I think It was a cool boat. Mm. Yep, and it was all mechanically feasible. Mm. So, so how people
1: survived was a bit bit questionable, but you know you know it's what people do. <laughs>
0: mm. That yeah, I'm not a hundred on whether this is very much your sort of your open um, open world thing. You know, sort of you you clamber out of the drop capsule. Because yeah, maybe, maybe things are done to the that level of dickishness. that it's like, okay, we're sending you to your new home in the fabulous place of Costnerville. Oh, you'll love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> you shove them into the drop caps, you'll send them on their way and know that they have absolutely no way of getting back up.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's a bit, that's a bit terrifying. All right. Well, thank you, John. That was excellent. And I guess that is all we have time for, where I'm going to be editing this one for... We have a good old. We have a good old ramble. So I guess hopefully it'll edit
0: down. Hmm. Hopefully it'll edit down. Yeah, it does one way one way or other. So we should probably announce the poll options for um, episode one fifty four. Indeed. Continuing with, by the way, our, our inadvertent nautical theme. The. Topic for episode one fifty three is of course, as as I'm sure the listener will remember, four kilometres of imitation crab. How could anyone forget? Hmm. But for episode one fifty four, you, the listener, must vote. And unlike other elections, there will be no recounts.
1: Indeed. Poor oversight. That and is true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which is better. I kind of feel like maybe the recounts one is More on the side of the angels, but uh, I'm not sure. So anyway, for 154, you have the, the important decision between Drab Majesty, VIP Zealot, Laser Plated Hero, and a carefully articulated curse against the common man. So there you go. Make your selection. Or do what happened last time and get the votes exactly the same for multiple things. The choice is yours.
1: There's some sort of weird conspiracy going on just to make sure that it'll balance out as awkwardly as possible. But that's fine.
0: I mean, that would be funny if people are willing to to, to interfere with our, our rigorous voting process to the extent that everything gets exact, the same exact number of votes. I'm actually okay with that.
1: Just to troll us. It's, yeah. That's fair. Just uh, we, we expect or deserve nothing less
0: or more. That is true. Oh, thank you for listening to our increasingly bizarre nautical ramblings.
1: And our increasingly nautical bizarre ramblings for some reason, but yes, join us next time for more imitation crab than anyone
0: anyone needs. That seems like a lot of crab. It does, but even if you stretch it out to a thin line like those crab stick things, that's still a lot of crab. Yep, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a, a a a couch to four crab thing, but it's just not working.
1: A <laughs> big red couch to four kilometers of crab. No. <laughs> It really just doesn't work.
0: Sounds like a really weird chess move. And on that terrifying uh, (laughs) note, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Hope you've had a fantastic new year. uh, And stay safe out there. Indeed. Take
1: care, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
0: Want to hear more of our shenanigans?